this episode of Little Bit Leave It is brought to you by Baloney's, where you can enjoy an all-day lunch buffet for just $6.99. Previously on Little Bit Leave It. Welcome back, everybody. It's time for another episode of Little Bit Leave It, the podcast where we talk Love Island, UK, in the USA. My name is Ben, and with me, as always, it's my podcasting partner and partner in life, Becca. I wish they could see the face you make when you say previously. The delight is downright youthful. And at our age, not too many things make us look youthful anymore. I do hope that this podcast ultimately leads into my dream job, which is to be an Ian Sterling impersonator. Wow, I don't even know what to do with that. I did not see that coming and I don't know where to go with that. Actually, I think what I'm really angling for is the job of doing the commentary on Love Island, Canada, whenever that inevitably arises. Oh yeah. That's more like Love Island, Minnesota. (laughs) Oh yeah, she was a real looker, don't you know? There you go. And Minnesota has 10,000 lakes. I mean, come on. If you want to pitch Love Island, Minnesota, I think you should do that. ITV7, call us. But today we're going to be talking about Love Island UK, specifically season six, episode 26. We are going to do the second part of our interview with Jacob Waller of Bristol, UK, and the Big Yellow Praxis podcast. He is going to be telling us all the cool things to see and do when you make your pilgrimage to the home of Shawnice, like we're going to do once we are fully vacationing again. Let's talk about the episode. Yeah, I think that is a good idea. Let's get into episode 26, which does begin with that mature audiences tag. Yeah, I was wondering what Shawnee's wearing this time, but it's not Shawnee's. But let's get there when we get there. Let's start with the nearly unbridled joy following Paige and Finn's official coupling. Finn, Paige, celebrate with the entire cast. But of course, Shauna can't stand that because she needs to make it about her. Well, to be fair, Paige's wee cheeks were hurting. So it's good for Paige to go have a downer break. Yeah. Shauna has to complain about overhearing Molly make some comment. Shauna overheard Molly say to Shawnee, if it's not you next, it'll be me. So yeah, okay, hold your horses, Molly. That's annoying. But Shauna, go pee on your own parade. Give Paige her two minutes. Paige is a really good friend to put up with that shit. I agree. So another set of friends, the only two guys to make it out of the new guy set, Jordan and Ched. Surprise, surprise. Jordan is having issues with Rebecca, who is also kind of a downer. Well, to be fair, Rebecca and Jordan are going, okay, (sighs) that's his description. Rebecca continues to run hot and cold. Although, to be fair, Jordan was looking for a wife. Look, it's not impossible. People go on Love Island and they do meet a spouse. But to go on Love Island with the intention of meeting a spouse? Come on. You know, I am not going to put any of the blame on Jordan here. Just because we've seen Rebecca do this with other guys. As soon as a guy starts to express real interest in her, she pulls away. It is her prerogative to not be super into them. I am not surprised at all by this development. She definitely has walls up, and you can keep chipping away at those walls, but eventually it's not worth it. Paige had the walliest walls, and Finn got those down, but you could see there was constant progress. She was responding, and even when she was pushing away, it was because she liked him so much. She was afraid. 
That's how walls come down, not her ignoring you. This is a six-week Love Island season, not an eight-week season. Maybe in a full-length season we'd have time to scale those walls, but I do not think we do. And Jordan admits that other couples have been together longer, and so he's jealous watching them. But in the beginning, it's super exciting. You should still be enjoying the beginning. Yeah. She seems really into Biggs now. She and Biggs are boyfriend and girlfriend in real life. Just so weird that we saw no interaction between them because they are super happy. So one thing I'm learning about the Love Island fan base, and it's not a monolith. There are certainly different segments of it, but there is a segment of the Love Island fan base that roots against people when they're on the show. And then apparently they continue to root against them the rest of their lives. <laughs> Gross. But we have far more interesting things to talk about, just like Demi and Shawnice do. Yes, Shawnice is playing Cupid. She reassures Demi that someone else will want you. And Demi starts thinking. She did pick Luke M for that dinner date when she first entered and then realized that she closed herself off to him because she was more interested in Nas, a pattern that she's repeating from the outside world. And all of a sudden, you see the little light bulb go off in Demi's and Shawnice's head saying, hmm, there might be potential there. Well, I'm pretty sure Shawnice went into that conversation trying to push Demi toward Luke M and that Demi brought it up of her own accord, I think was a little bit surprising to Shawnee's, but, you know, she was really happy about it. Yes, so Demi seems to have an eggs in basket problem, and hopefully Shawnee's, the beautiful hen, can help Demi sort out her eggs. So Demi pulls Luke M. Where she barfs out her feelings about the Nas situation and tries to take Luke's temperature on Natalia. She straight up tells him she's interested. Good for her. And he tells her that Natalia's ship has sailed. Yeah, I think it's a great conversation. I love how direct Demi is generally in all of her dealings. That makes her one of my favorite Islanders. And Luke also. Luke M doesn't usually beat around the bush when he realizes that there's no more bushes to be beaten. Luke is... Well, I guess he just found a new bush to beat, didn't he? Damn. You're on fire today, Beck. So meanwhile, the funniest part of this whole scene is that Natalia is watching Luke and Demi have this flirty but not flirty conversation, and she's getting super jealous. She tells Shawnice and Luke T that she didn't completely rule out anything happening between her and Luke M. How did she think there was anything left? Well, I'll tell you this. That is certainly news to us, the viewing audience, who watched their very obvious breakup scene in the last episode. Does she think he's that much of a simp? They literally broke up on TV for everybody. We all saw it, and now she's trying to pretend like it didn't happen. What the hell, man? I think she just wants to be out without being the bad guy, because then she turns a minute later and says, if I tell him I'm open, he'll be all clingy again. So I think Natalia just wants a fuckboy. I don't even think she wants that. She wants the sympathy of her fellow Islanders. That's what this is all about, trying to play herself as the victim in the whole situation with Luke M, which is what she did in the last episode, too. And Shawnice, as predicted, sees right through her. Luke's, whatever possessed you to think the two of them would get along, I don't know. Wishful thinking, but Shawnice sees right through her. Then we get a conference of Luke's. Yes, where many genius ideas come out of. Yes, Luke M says Demi's personality is massive, which is just a weird way to talk about a personality, but I guess he means it's big and it's great. Right? Yeah, so Luke T dangles that Natalia was talking about Luke M, but when pushed, he says that he can't remember what. Now, do you think it's a real blank or did he just not want to tell him but knew that he should? 
I don't think the specifics matter all that much, and I think that he recognized that. So I'm going to go with Luke T using his discretion and just saying, ah, she's talking about you, because the reaction that Luke M gives is, so what, basically? Well, my favorite part was that Luke M says, what if it was something important? And through laughing, Luke T says, no, it was. So yeah, I think Luke M is very shocked that Natalia is still acting like she wants something, but he knows. Yeah, I don't think Luke M is that dumb. So the night is coming to a close. We got some quick conversations, Callum and Molly. Callum offers to cook for Molly and jokes that he watched Hell's Kitchen just to impress her in the future. Clearly one of his go-tos. I identify with that. Mike and Priscilla are smoochy. Nas and Eva are managing to smooch and brush their teeth at the same time. Got a little Jess and Ched convo. Yeah, which is also a weird one. Ched says that the physical affection between them has improved, which makes me think that maybe Jess is just a little cold. And then she says that she feels awkward cuddling him in front of Luke M. Like, A, Luke M does not give a shit. B, there's been a whole ass other girl since Jess and Luke M parted ways. So what kind of excuse is that? I don't know, but they seem happy if a little reserved. I thought it was bullshit. Total bullshit. Does she not like Ched that much? I don't really know. I think she likes Ched in the sense that Ched is really attentive to her and pays a lot of attention to her. We hear her talking about that actually a few minutes later in the episode, but I don't really know how much she is genuinely interested in getting to know him, but Jess has been one of the characters on the show who has been consistently very superficial and looks oriented, so I don't know. We'll see. So it's bedtime. Everybody's settling in, except Finn, who, according to Ian, has been reading a book under the duvet and can't go to sleep until he finishes off the page. Oh, man. First of all, that's your boy Ian's joke. Yeah. Slightly rephrased, but nonetheless, that's Ian's joke. And also, there's your mature audience warning. We had some hands. Yeah, Finn and Paige are moving around a little bit underneath those covers. Kind of hard to tell everything that is going on, but... That's okay. It's not our business. If it was our business, they would be doing it on top of the covers. I actually think they do make it our business in very short order. Well, yes. Do you think the other Islanders knew what was going on? Because in the morning, Mike leads a round of applause... And he says it's for their new couple status, but I'm wondering how much of that is for their new couple status. Yeah, we'll have to take a quick look at where Mike sleeps in relation to Finn and Paige. So everyone's discussing their relationship happily, and here's another pee parade. Rebecca says, there's no way getting you away from each other. And she sounds, I don't know, disappointed, disgruntled, jealous. All of those things. So yes, let us talk about the trio of trust. I think you should probably start on this one. As I alluded to... Finn quickly makes the bits everyone's business. Well, at least the Lukes and us watching at home. They start this trio of trust. I just want to point out that Luke T does not know that Finn can't be trusted because Finn was running his mouth about Luke T's bits doing. So Finn is revealing that they did hand stuff together, but he can't just come out and say that. So he needs to invent a whole code around tomatoes, avocados. And bread. Nope. Toast. 
Because toast is harder. Oh, yes. I guess toast is going all the way. Yes. Tomato is hands and avocado or avocada is oral. We're using the Latinate male and female participles. To indicate who oraled on who. To indicate who avocadoed who. Yes. Now. Luke T says there was no bread. There was no bread, though he did say at one point he thought he was about to stick it in the toaster, but it didn't quite happen. Well, good for him for not fighting the appliances. No one ever wins when they fight the appliances. So the real question is what's classier, this breakfast club or the Dubits Society? The Dubits Society. Yeah. It, much classier. I agree. It's a society and they were very subtle. Yeah. So- they had a secret password. Yeah. That was much classier. So we have a quick conversation between Jess and Priscilla, who does not enjoy watching Jess pull the lounge chair all the way around the pool and almost drop it and fall. But she writes herself, Ched steps in to help her after she's done all the hard work. Why men great till they gotta be great. And she and Priscilla have a nice little chat that Jess likes Ched. He's not too cringy. And then Priscilla says something insightful. She says that being in the villa forces you to learn how to trust people. You really don't have a choice in a lot of ways, right? You're stuck with them. You can't ghost them. Although we've seen people try. Look, you're going to need to get your intel from somewhere or from someone. And you need to find those people who you trust. All of these group dynamic shows are like this. And then when you get to 16, 18 people in the villa, it becomes really pronounced. You have people who never even talk to each other, like in season four, right? Yeah, that was too many cooks. That was too many dicks on the dance floor. But yeah, I think Priscilla is one of the smarter and more insightful cast members this season. Speaking of dicks on the dance floor, let's head over to the gym. Yeah, it's Mike and the Lukes. Luke M is updating the fellas on his chat with Demi that they talked and expressed interest, but they have not gotten flirty yet. And Mike, being the observant human that he is, asks Luke M to please demonstrate how he flirts. And Luke M comes out with the most terrible pickup line I have heard since I was about 16. Is your name Gillette? Because you're the best a man can get. I mean, that's just a terrible pickup line. It would have been a terrible pickup line in 1994 when those commercials were airing. And it's an even worse pickup line today. I don't know what the hell this guy is thinking. Mike is very, very accurate when he says to Luke M. And I think this is an all-time Love Island UK quote. I have never seen a more sauceless individual. True. Now, Luke claims that his style is more touchy-feely, but Mike is not about to abandon this sauceless mayo sapiens to his own devices. So first we see Mike slide into Luke M's DMs. Mike goes up to him silently, lays down next to him, looks him dead in the eye, and just gives him like a gentle little touch. And I swear to God, Luke M falls right in love with him. I think I fell right in love with him. Then Luke M returns the favor and he slides into Mike's DMs. He had a few false starts though. He did, but I think he ended up doing pretty well. Yes, and then he also says that he's going to be coupling up with Mike next because let's face it, Mike knows what he's doing. And I also enjoyed watching Luke T watch this whole scenario. (laughs) Yeah, this was a really great scene. I think this is actually one of the better scenes that we've had all season long. Some good wholesome masculinity, some excellent flirting. Yeah, These guys are really growing on me, I gotta tell you. Some sauce lessons. So now that we've had some good, friendly fun. We've got a text. We've got a game, a not at all sexist game. Yeah, not sexist at all. 
It's the Girl Racers. Boise Girls Drive. Yeah, because we all know girls can't drive and that's what makes this so funny. And guys cannot see what's in front of them and that's what makes this so frustrating. Yeah, guys are terrible at asking for directions and apparently at giving them as well. So we start off with Shaunice and Luke T. Shaunice proceeds to eat very quickly at the eating station, probably a bit too quickly. And then she just starts screaming for no reason. But her makeup was fire. So there's that. They kept it really positive in the beach hut. They seemed like they had a good time with each other. Overall, good run. And that's really what this is all about. Next up, it's Jess and Ched. Jess was not so good at this. They were not so thrilled with each other. Not really. Up next, it's Mike and Priscilla. Priscilla had two great lines. One is straight and I got so wet. Nas and Eva, they were in good spirits. They smashed it. Slow and steady, fast and ready. I like that. I like that. So we got Natalia and Luke M. And she says, I don't remember listening to you. And Luke M says, you probably didn't. How could she ever think that was going to happen again? And she walked right into that one. Up next, it's Molly and Callum. I appreciated Callum eating Molly's burger. A little disappointed in her for not doing it herself, but very gentlemanly of him. Then it's Jordan and Rebecca. Give it some Wally! Another couple who can't communicate. And then it's Finn and Paige. Now they really do stand out. Paige smashes it. She literally left Finn behind. She didn't even need him. Yeah, she does great. He actually did a very good job giving directions. Wow, they maybe are a real couple. Uh, duh, they cemented it last night. Where were you? I know, but you know what I like to say. Love Island where the couples are fake, but the feelings are real. A lot of the couples, they do become real, hopefully. But at this stage in the game, a lot of them are just still feeling each other out. Or up. Hopefully both. Then it's Shauna who picks Nas. Yeah, she's real glad she doesn't have to work with Callum anymore. Shauna goes off road. I'm sure Callum is happy he doesn't have to work with her anymore either. They were terrible at the challenges. Yes. But Luke M and Demi work quite well together. And Demi had an interesting strategy. What, to scream as much as possible? Well, that's normal for her. She's a screamer. But no, she chugs some of the milkshake to lube up her throat for the hamburger. You know, Demi, always thinking about lube. That's going to get you far in life, friend. I would love to have Demi on this show. We have talked more about Demi in the last few episodes. Demi, girl, if you're listening, I would love to talk to you. And actually, while we are mentioning Demi, you should say definitely thoughts go out to Demi as she is dealing with her current cancer treatment. And it's been great to see her go on the shows and talk about about it and not be embarrassed or ashamed about her sickness and we really do wish her the best and hope she recovers fully and quickly yes and if any of you are dealing with a weird lump bump or spot if you can get it checked out don't be afraid it's better to confront it head on than to ignore it anyway Finn and Paige very obviously win the race their communication is top notch and they are the sweethearts of the villa And that about does it for the daytime in the villa. And it's time to get to when the action really starts. Luke T makes the action happen. He sets up a date with Shawnee's help for Demi and Luke M. Luke T is such a romantic. I have to say, what are those little snacks that they put up on the bed? To me, it looked like a random assortment of snacks that they got out of packages and put into a paper cup. Is that right? I saw a couple M&Ms, maybe some raisins. It was basically like glorified trail mix. Didn't they put a pineapple there for show? (laughs) There may have been, yeah, a pineapple as garnish. Or for a floral arrangement. 
I don't know, but it was really cute and they got the job done. I want to give a big, big heart and star to Luke M for asking Demi what her hopes and aspirations were. That's a real question. Yeah. And she has a real answer. Yes. She talks about the archaeology digs that she's been on. Good on Demi. I have to say, archaeology is very, very cool. I had the opportunity to work on a project several years back where there was an archaeological dig going on on the site and got a chance to go down into it and talk to the archaeologists. And maybe if I ever go back to school, it'll be for a PhD in archaeology. PhD in stealing artifacts? Oh, yeah. As promised, Luke M. is a touchy-feely sort. He manages to get an arm around her. Not just an arm around her. And next thing you know, we got a cheeky snog. I think we've got several cheeky snogs. Interrupted only by a shrieking Shawnee. Yeah, this was on the verge of necking. We had snog, we had cheeky snog, and they were about to be necking when Shawnee interrupted them. How rude. How rude. Mike and Priscilla watch and they discuss how the first thing that they're going to do when they get back to London is go on a real date. Love is in the air tonight, so you know what that means. Well, love is in the air, but... I think it's also important to note that there are a couple people who are not very happy. Natalia and Molly seem to have a little bit of an issue with Luke T and Shanice for setting up that daybed date and trying to push Luke M and Demi together. Overall, love is in the air, and you know what that means. Oh yeah, it's time for somebody to go home. We've got a text. All Islanders must report to the fire pit immediately. The three couples with the lowest number of votes from the public must stand up beside the fire pit and offer themselves up for human sacrifice. Yep. Am I watching the wrong show? Is that Aztec Island? Wow. That would be a really twisted take on this. Hey, ITV8, because this isn't even good enough for ITV7. In any case, the fewest votes, it's Rebecca and Jordan. Jess and Chad. And, shockingly... Nas and Eva. Yeah, I mean, this is clearly a penalty against Nas for dumping Demi. Demi does look a little okay with Nas being up there. Yeah, she does. And I get it. I I don't blame her for being okay with it. But I can definitely blame the voting public for this huge miscarriage of justice. I mean, really, over Luke M and Natalia? What is wrong with you people? Yeah, over Luke M and Natalia just makes absolutely no sense to me. So Rebecca and Jordan are eliminated first and they don't even get a send off. They have to say their goodbyes, pack their shit and bounce. Yeah, Rebecca looks like she is looking to dump Jordan before the ceremony is even over. And then she confirms that in their exit interview anyway. But I want to know, who is even crying about Rebecca leaving? Well, joke's on me, because apparently over the last two weeks, her and Shawnice have really bonded, and she's their little nightmare, which was actually kind of cute. Yeah, I think Shauna says that line. Yes. Shauna, Jess, Shawnice, they've all become friends with Rebecca. She was our nightmare. Jordan and Rebecca leave. Yeah, and then we've got even Nas and Jess and Ched left up there. We're all wondering what's going to happen if there was any justice in this world. But there is not. There is not. If there was justice, Jess and Ched would be leaving. But nay, tis not to be. Nas and Eva get sent home and the house is shooketh. Yeah, I think this is, like I said, a huge miscarriage of justice here. I can't help but think that race 
plays a big part of why Nas has left the villa and others have not and why his penalty was so much greater than Callum's and why Natalia and Luke M are somehow still on the show. And they never had a good romance at all. Yeah, I think you cannot separate the fact that Nas, a brown-skinned man who had no luck before Demi came in, then dumped a white girl for another girl who reads as mixed. That also played a role in it. How dare he? Well, yeah, I think a lot of people felt that Nas should be grateful to Demi or somehow show loyalty to her by not bringing somebody back from Casa because he should just be grateful that she was into him in the first place. But you know what? He liked her, but he didn't like her that much. And it's much better for Demi that Nas doesn't keep stringing her along when he's not that interested. So I think this is total bullshit. And I have to think that racism is a factor here. I would not rule it out. So that wraps up this episode. Next episode, we've got a new boy taking Shauna out. Can't imagine how that's going to go. Yeah, he looks like a discount store Chris Hughes, basically. Yeah, really. Wish.com. Yeah, he's the Wish.com Chris Hughes, exactly. And we will see how that goes. All right, should we do some culture shock? We actually have quite a few this episode. Yeah, we do have a few. But first, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of Little Bit Leave It is brought to you by Bolognese, the lunch experts. Bolognese is the only family-style restaurant in the United States with a bottomless passion for lunch. Enjoy our bottomless soups, bottomless salads, and bottomless mayonnaise jar, all included in our all-day lunch buffet, where kids eat free if accompanied by three paying adults of blood relation. Are you an early riser? All Bologna's locations are now open daily at 6 a.m. So you can have all of your lunch for breakfast favorites, like our breakfast club sandwich, which is exactly like a regular club sandwich, except it's only served before 10 a.m. Speaking of breakfast, why should they have all the fun? You've tried the breakfast versions of burritos and even burgers, but get ready for our new menu items. Lunch pancakes. A fluffy stack of griddle cakes, topped with blue cheese crumbles and a balsamic vinaigrette. Lunch waffles, our take on the classic Belgian treat, slathered in spicy mayo and topped with tangy pickled cabbage. And lunch French toast, where we take French toast and put it in a bowl of your favorite soup. The next time you're hungry for a family-style dining experience that is sure to make your day, look no further than Bologna's. Craving crackers or a coney, split pea super macaroni. Tired of all those lunchtime phonies? Come down to Bologna's. Little Bit Leave It is an independent, listener-supported podcast. We would love it. If you went to patreon.com slash little bit leave it and supported us. 
For just $2 a month, you get episodes early, and you get to join our private Discord server and talk Love Island with us, which will be a ton of fun as Season 7 begins in just a few weeks. We will be on there watching Season 7. For just $5 a month, you get access to all of the bonus content we've been making. We don't have jobs. We don't have a child. We just sit and talk about Love Island all day long. So if you want to hear all of our thoughts on all of this stuff, it's just a measly pitch of five dollars a month join us join us come patreon.com slash little bit leave it all right are you ready for some culture shock i'm ready okay shauna says the villa is as busy as heathrow terminal four what's terminal four at heathrow it was the british airways terminal until 1986 now it hosts Sky Team, which includes Delta, KLM, Aeroflot, Air France, and Alitalia, as well as El Al, Etihad, and other airlines serving the Middle East. It used to have Air India and United as well. Is it the busiest terminal at Heathrow? No. In 2018, Terminal 4 had 9.4 million passengers on 49,660 flights. Terminal 5 had 32.8 million passengers on 210,723 flights. You want to know the funniest part? Yes, I do. Terminal 4 has been closed due to COVID and will remain closed until the end of 2021. Oh, man. So everything is busier than Heathrow Terminal 4 right now. What she should have said was JFK Terminal 4, because that's that giant terminal that's got all the international flights, all of our flights to California. But hey, you get your steps in. All right. The other one was they made a mention of Roman Kemp from Capital Radio. He's actually an American. He's really young. He's like 26. He became the presenter of Adidas's Game Day Plus in 2014, which means he's had the opportunity to interview a lot of the most famous football, aka soccer players in the world. And he's just a famous radio presenter. All right. Well, I thought I had two, but I only had one because it turns out the first one I thought was actually just a malapropism. I think it was Molly said something about Callum keeping her on the ropes, but what she really meant was keeping her on her toes. You know, malapropisms, those are common in Love Island UK, as we all know. Either that or they've got some kinky rope play going. That is another possibility. On that note. Now let's get to the second part of our interview with Jacob Waller from Big Yellow Praxis. He lives in Bristol. He is going to tell us what we should do there when we go visit. Sometimes what we do in some of these segments, we also talk about things that people should do when they go visit various places in the UK. And at some point we will compile all of these into the official little bit, leave it travel guide. Oh, I wanted to say, um, so there's a history of, as you pointed out, uh, pirates and things like that. Oh, Bristol is obviously one of the things it's kind of most historically famous for. There are still, um, a lot of the smuggling caves and places where smuggling smuggled goods would be hidden a lot of those caves are still obviously there um around the center of town which is like there's a big harbor there um and they're open like one day a year when you can go in and it's basically there's tons of hidden tunnels and caverns and things like that under a lot of the city it's not quite like um like paris has big catacombs it's not quite that intense but it's uh it's quite cool i've never actually been down there yet but um I need to go one year because they open it up once a year and you can go in and see all these secret little places. It's quite cool. Next time they do it, we're going to keep an eye on it because, you know, we're fully vaccinated. We're coming. We're going to go lick some strangers (laughs) and explore some caves. 
<laughs> when does that happen during the year? So I think it's around July or August. It's kind of summer-ish. Um, Bristol Open Doors or something like that. It's like a little day where tons of places like open their doors and just kind of let people... Yeah, I think it's a, it's like a big thing now, isn't it? A lot of cities do it. Apart from exploring the caves, like what else do you think, you know, not maybe mm. not the most traditional touristy things to do in Bristol. Obviously, people will go see the harbor. Mm -hmm. What are the things that you love about Bristol? What are the things that you think are really what makes Bristol uh, a great place to live? I guess, do you think it is a great place to live? I guess we never touched on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. So I've lived all over the UK. I've lived in where I'm from originally, which is a small town, quite rural, really. Uh, I've lived in Cambridge and Liverpool, and I've lived in Birmingham, and obviously now Bristol. And I think Liverpool is also very nice. It doesn't deserve the bad reputation it gets. It's a, it gets a very bad reputation in the UK. It's a very rough place. I don't think it's fair these days, but Bristol, I think, is probably my favorite place that I've lived so far. And and yeah, I like it a lot. I think it's great. It's There's tons of things to do. It's in a nice area as well in terms of like what's around the city. So you can go to nice parts of the, the countryside around it. There's a city called Bath nearby, which is originally Roman. And there's tons of Edwardian uh, architecture and stuff like that there. So there's tons of things around it and inside it. But I guess if, if someone's visiting, it's hard because a lot of the... It, is, it can be quite touristy, but it's never super touristy. It's not like London. It's not even like Liverpool. Liverpool, you go there and it's very, very, unsurprisingly, a lot of it is very Beatles oriented. You can go to certain parts of the city and there's just Beatles memorabilia. And London has that with, you know, like the buses and the Tower of London and Big Ben. Bristol, even though it is a big tourist draw, never really gets crazy. So you can do the really touristy things and you're not going to be too rammed or too unpleasant and it's never too tacky. It's not just people selling... Mm crap to you do you know what i mean it's it can still remain quite nice if someone is visiting you you definitely shouldn't avoid the harbor just because it is quite touristy there's a there's an area called clifton i would almost describe it as bath in bristol because it's similar to the city of bath in that it's very nice and there's lots of nice architecture everywhere we have a beautiful cathedral we have that big church which in fact i think is bigger than the cathedral um university buildings and things like that there's an area called gloucester road um it's kind of a series of roads kind of goes from Stokescroft up a bit called Gloucester Road, which is just like nightlife restaurants and cafes. Um, and that's like mm. kind of peak hipster area. I think I would describe it as I think it's more the diversity of things than any specific one or two things that you can do. We don't necessarily have like um, super world famous restaurant one or two world famous restaurants so much as a lot of good food you can eat we don't have those one or two visitor attractions like london has a few that i could name physically it doesn't necessarily have that but it has a lot of things compacted into a small area the, the city center of bristol feels much bigger than it is because you can walk around and you're in the old town which has the corn exchange and an old saint nick's market which is again hundreds of years old and you can walk along a bit and you're in the floating harbour, which is a big open space with loads of water. Um, and you can walk along a bit and there's museums. Walk along a bit, you can get to Clifton, which is up a hill. And you've got these beautiful sites. You've got this big suspension bridge, which was one of the first of its type built in the world. It's just, it's more that it fits so much in, inside like a little tiny space that it makes it great. That deep dive was not easy to do. 
there was so much that we had to condense it to what yeah. you actually heard. And I do remember reading that the bridge was the first, but then I was going to end up in like a spiral about architecture and, you know. Yes. I was pleasantly surprised by how hard that was to put together. You know, you mentioned there's not maybe that one or two famous restaurants, but what are your favorite spots? What's your favorite type of cuisine? Is it just pubs that you like to do in Bristol? Especially for an American coming to Britain. The thing that Britain does, and I, I always say this, I've never been to America, so I can't necessarily comprehensively state this, but no one seems to do pubs the same as Britain. And I, I've seen enough of American media to know that your pubs are different. Our pubs are more, it's like your living room that you're drinking in and people come in. It's almost that kind of feel. It's very, very, again, it's, I keep coming back to Hobbit, but if what you see is a pub in like the Shire, what you would imagine is a kind of classic British pub that every city has. Bristol has loads like that, just loads and loads. And pub food can be very good, but it's quite straightforward. It's not necessarily like high cuisine, but it's someone's coming from America in particular. And Bristolian pubs, you know, for the cider, and you know, there's lots of good food. They're the kind of things that I would recommend because there are lots of like, there's good pizza restaurants in Bristol that are really, 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 really good. But it's a pizza rest. Do you know what I mean? Like you're not necessarily coming to Bristol for that. Um, so yeah. I'm a Staten Islander, so I'm very like particular about pizza places. I cannot let you go toe to toe with me on that one. We probably have like pub replicas, but it's not the same. Yeah. We've both been to London. We've both spent some time in London. So Bristol, you know, I would expect to have that same pubbiness. But I just wanted to give a little context for Ben's question because we've done a decent amount of traveling in Europe. We went to Amsterdam a few years ago and it was a bank holiday and it was just mobbed. A lot of British people, actually, a lot of bachelor parties mobbed mm -hmm. wall to wall to wall to wall. So we didn't get into any of the big museums. So. Ben and I wandered around the Jordan for a while, went into like a local coffee shop, went into some local restaurants, and we enjoy that kind of tourism just as much. So when we ask those questions, like, mm -hmm. we are very likely to take those kind of suggestions when we end up somewhere. Am I... No, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's how you really get to know a city, I think, is by talking to the people who really live there. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, finding that pub that maybe uh, you won't find any other tourists at. I was just going to say, so it's, it's, it's probably a little bit risky asking me that because I quite often like a pub specifically because it's dingy and unwelcoming and it that has a certain, it has the, the, the kind of feel that I think is appropriate to a pub. So if mm -hmm. you're asking me, I could give you some specific recommendations, but they may, they may be like, oh, if you're really looking for that dingy feel, oh, I would recommend these places. Mm -hmm. And there's this one specific area called Old Market, a little bit east of the, the main city centre which is a little bit dingy and there's loads of pubs down there. There's some really nice ones. There's some pretty dingy ones. And that's a nice part that's not touristy at all, but still has a lot of nice things going on. So yeah, that would be my specific recommendation. What was the name of that restaurant again? Or that neighborhood? Uh, sorry, that neighborhood? Uh, it, it's called Old Market. Old Market. Okay. Write it down. Tick. Got ticks it. All the <laughs> it ticks all the boxes. Also, you're in a band, you're a musician. Can you tell us a little bit if we have listeners who want to go check out live music in Bristol, where should they go? What should they expect? Um, so it's really like depends what you're after. Again, this is so because I'm in a like a folksy Americana country band, which is there's not a scene for that in Bristol. <laughs> that may surprise you to hear. It, that's just not it doesn't really fit into any scene. Like, you know, before lockdown, we had gigs and stuff and we did well enough. Um, but we're, we're kind of swimming upstream, as it were. Uh, but Bristol has like a history of kind of uh, electronic music and things like that. And um, in the 90s, there's a few big bands like Portishead, who are actually from just outside Bristol, 
from a town called Portishead, which may surprise you. Very seminal part of my high school experience. That was like the makeout record among me and my friends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of people our age. So we're 30, right? Both of us. You are. Yeah, you are too. No, I'm not plus. <laughs> when we were in high school, if you had a girl over, you put on the yeah. Portishead album because, you know, every teenage girl in 1997 wanted to make out to Portishead. You were going to get to second base for sure. <laughs> and then it was replaced by, I think, Blonde Redhead a few years later. Oh, God. I don't even remember. I did not realize that Portishead was from the Bristol area. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. But again, because it's such like a hipster town and there's a, I guess there's two universities in Bristol. There's a big confluence of all kinds of scenes. Like I used to go to tons of jam nights, turn up with my bass guitar or whatever. And some places could be, you know, you'd have someone on the decks and someone rapping and then someone else playing jazz guitar at the same time. And I'd be sitting there playing slap bass or something. So it could be any random mixture of anything at a jam night. Um, in terms of the scenes, uh, again, there's kind of a broader punk scene and alt rock scene, I, I guess, is, is probably some of the bigger ones. But there's, there's still that kind of electronica and UK hip hop is, is still part of it. Uh, it's still relatively broad, but it's yeah, it's hard to sum it up other than it's a bit of a melting pot. And because, again, two universities and a bit of the hipster feel means there's, there's a lot of things going on. Should people head out to Gloucester Road to check out that music or where do they check it out? Yeah, so that that, that is a good place for someone who's like seeking, you know, there are like gigs up there as well as like jam nights as well as uh, open mic nights you on a random night you could go to three different pubs and see three different things you know a specifically booked act and then an open mic night and an o and a jam night just in the same night just in three different pubs there's so many pubs up there i have no idea how many there are i mean there could be 30 of just the entire stretch of the it's a relatively wrong ro long road by the way i know we're, we're famous for our drinking but isn't <laughs> it maybe not that chocolate block but you know there, there's a lot of different venues up there cool i'm excited yeah wow. i know i'll probably bring a guitar no i, I probably won't it's <laughs> actually hard to bring guitars and airplanes as you ukulele know. oh right yeah, yeah ukulele or one of those little travel guitars does it unfold i can just imagine like a folding guitar how would that work? I haven't seen that yet. I made that up. <laughs> the hard thing would be the strings. You'd have to restring it every time, I would imagine. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't play the guitar and I don't think that exists. So stop <laughs> arguing with the physics of a non-existing thing. Cool. Well, is there anything else that we really got wrong or that we missed when we were talking about Bristol? Have you ever taken the ferry to Cardiff? No, um, I'm not sure how practical that would be <laughs> um, i'm just curious because i know yeah. you can drive it's about the same time okay so staten island is connected to manhattan by a ferry that's right. super super well used a lot of people commute to work that way ah. it's always very touristy so i was excited when i saw that bristol had a ferry over to wales because shawnee's talks about going to the disney store in cardiff right which we got a huge kick out of that oh i go to cardiff to go to the disney store we're like what the hell <laughs> yeah and so i wanted to see how far she was going to go by stupid mickey mouse crap and it's about the same amount of time driving or taking the ferry which i also thought was interesting it's a lot faster to get to manhattan by ferry in certain regards yeah i don't know i was just curious i didn't even know there was a ferry but i don't go to cardiff very often like so south wales generally isn't too far away from here the bridge is quite straightforward and quite quick but i don't often go to cardiff anyway so i wouldn't know but I, i've never heard of people taking the ferry i i can't imagine it's a super popular option but Maybe more the other way. I think it's probably quite quite common for people to commute from Cardiff into Bristol. But yeah, I don't know how, how popular the ferry is. All right. Well, we definitely need a guest from Cardiff, I yeah. think. We'll right? have to figure yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to find somebody to, to shed a little bit more light onto this. But uh, Jacob, we really, really want to thank you. Jacob Waller, 
His YouTube channel is Big Yellow Praxis. He lives in Bristol, but he's lived all over the UK. Check out his music. Check out his YouTube channel. Thanks so much, Jacob. Do you want to drop any socials? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I'm easy to find on Twitter, Instagram, like all of the all of the socials, <laughs> just Big Yellow Praxis, basically, and it will come up. Yeah, I keep it simple. <laughs> yeah, and and it. we didn't spell it before, so we'll do it now. Praxis, P-R-A-X-I-S. Yes, right? thank you. Take it. <laughs> cool. Thanks so much, Jacob. And hey, maybe someday we'll have you back to talk about why English people would choose to play Americana music. Yeah. Get, <laughs> get Mr. Mumford on the phone while you're at it. <laughs> exactly. It's like a Mumford and Sons because they're English, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Jacob. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> All right. That was entertaining and informative. You know what? I learned something today. Are you ready for something with no educational value? You know it. It's time for the TNA report. The TNA report. We are going to go positives and then negatives. I only have one from the Sean Paul party that I didn't notice the previous episode. I really like Jess's Barbie pink mini dress. I love that color. It was a good dress. Didn't look as cheap as some of the red ones. So yay, Jess. The next morning, I got to tell you that Finn's body was damn. Did he get hotter? I don't know. The conversation between Jess and Priscilla about Ched. Priscilla is wearing a red and black bikini. It was excellent. It was different. Priscilla, always a fashion plate. The girl racer outfit was actually really cute. They all had it styled in different ways and they all looked good. Yeah. Not all those game outfits are very good, but that one was cute. So here's a controversial one, right? When Luke M and Demi have their little date, Demi has on a dress that lace bustier look on top and a cocktail dress sequin look on the bottom. I thought it was fun and different. I don't know what to think. To me, she looked like a 17-year-old girl who's trying to look alternative yet still dressed up. I didn't get it. I thought it looked terrible personally, but hey, that's me. And Luke M looked very handsome boyfriendy with the denim shirt over the black t-shirt and ripped black jeans. Gotta say, Luke M always looking kind of sexy. Yeah, he's got a good casual style to him. I loved Priscilla in that baby pink outfit that night. Again, she kills it with the earrings. We stand a well-dressed queen, Logan. Don't kill me. And then finally, for the positives, Rebecca goes out on a high note in that sweet yellow dress. Yeah, I had that as a positive fashion note. And the other one I liked was Shauna's orange dress on the night of the eliminations. All right. I did not notice that, but here's to you, Shauna. So then we only have a few negatives. This was a really good fashion episode. And these are all from the dumping. We had Finn's open shirt with the weird pirate vibe. Not sure what was going on there. It didn't work. We had Shawnice's poofy nightmare of a dress. Yeah, I don't know. Shawnice brings us some very high highs and some very low lows. Jess's see-through white dress. Just why? Mike's leaf t-shirt. Blah. Yeah, that was not good. And I hate to say it, but Eva's dress went out on a low note. It didn't fit her right. It wasn't that cute. Eva, I'm sorry, girl. You deserve better. She does. She deserved better than getting eliminated also. And I think we can do her a little better because it's time. It's time. For lunch? We already had lunch. It's time to rank the couples. So today, I think we go bottom to top. Anyway is good. You want to go all over? Let's go all over. Yeah, one of these days we should just do them in a random order. <laughs> no. 
So in the basement at number 10 by her lonesome, it's Natalia. And I actually asked if we could put Johnny from season three as number 10 and Natalia at number 11, but we decided that was just too much. That would be a little overkill. At number nine, it's Rebecca and Jordan. Considering they were breaking up on their way out of the house. Yes. That was a no-brainer. Number eight, it's Shauna by her lonesome. The pee parader. Yeah, she really tried to bring everybody down. At number seven, it's Callum and Molly. He was barely in the episode and her parts were all her being kind of a poop. So yeah, not a great episode for them. In the middle of the pack, it's Jess and Ched coming in at number six. Yeah, not a slight. They're definitely like part of the supporting cast. And so the rankings are going to reflect that. Yep. Coming in at number five, it's Mike and Priscilla. I wish I could have ranked them higher, honestly, but there were other things that needed to be done. You know, they each have some great moments and they are not getting enough screen time. I'm just going to say that. They're really good TV and I think it's a real shame. Well, maybe with Nas and Eva gone, maybe they'll get more of that screen time. Yeah, with fewer people in, hopefully we will see more of Mike and Priscilla. Coming in at number four, it's Demi and Luke M. Our brand new couple, they went from barely friends to snogging. Exciting stuff. So yeah, when you're hot, young, single and locked in a gorgeous villa, anything can happen. Coming in at number three, it's Shawnice and Luke T. Yeah, great episode for them as humans. Not so much couple action, but that's okay. And this is not a slight on them that they're at number three this week. No, not at all. But they were the primary driver of the action. So we had to give them a lot of credit. Yeah, they're obviously a really strong couple and they had a great episode. Number two, it's a very fond farewell to Nas and Eva. Yeah, and maybe as a couple, they didn't really do any action in this episode, but I don't care. We like them. They're being dumped unfairly. Fare thee well, Nas and Eva. I'm glad you're still together as of this recording. Party on, Nas and Eva. Yeah, party on, Nas and Eva. We salute you. But coming in at number one, there really was no other choice. It's Paige and Finn and the Tomatoes. Paige and Finn and the Tomatoes. You heard it here, folks. So I think that about does it for us today. Catch us on social media. Ben is at LBLI podcast on Twitter. I'm at LBLI Peng. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We've got an email address. Littlebitleaveitpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you and we would love for you to interact with us on Twitter. That's where I am all the time. You know what we should do is we should do a really messed up ranking so they're forced to yell at us. Yeah. That's right. We're going to do a messed up rankings. We're going to put the wrong people at the top. We're going to put the wrong people on the bottom. And you're going to have to email us and be like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Even if you're listening to this months or years after we actually recorded it, we'd still like to hear from you. Like we said the other day, the only thing we like more than being right is being told that we're wrong. Correct us harder, daddy. I think we have a new catchphrase. I'm not so sure about that, but... Well, my parents will never listen to this, so... Yeah, mine either, but still, I'm not so sure about that. Well, before we get ourselves into any more trouble... From Staten Island... To Love Island... I have never seen a more sauceless individual. From Staten Island... To Love Island... What did the mommy tomato say to the baby tomato? Ketchup.